Welcome to Business in Heels podcast, the podcast that inspires and educates women in business globally to succeed. Now over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. So welcome to another episode of Business in Heels podcast, a very special episode, part two, where we go behind the scenes with authors of Business in Heels' second book, where we get to hear a little bit more about their story, what inspired them to share and all of that. So welcome, Lisa. Share for people if they haven't heard uh, episode one of this special two-part series, what inspired Business in Heels to, uh, to run this project? Thanks so much, Anne-Marie. It's so great to be here. Um, Look, everybody has got such an amazing story to tell. And I really think, you know, after the last year we've had of COVID, we realised just how powerful that is as a motivator for people, how it enables so many people to get through the day-to-day. Suddenly they can relate. That's me. And hey, look, they've succeeded. And gee, they pushed on. Or gee, I've had that problem. And you know, I thought I was the only one. I thought it was just me, you know. And so stories are really a powerful thing. And I think everyone has an amazing story to tell. And if people are feeling a little bit down or they're feeling like, you know, they've got a really big challenge, just reading these these stories in the book are just, it's just fabulous. It's uplifting. It's motivating. It's encouraging. Um, and, you know, at the end of it, we want women to succeed. And that's a big part of what it's about. Yeah, I love that. Now, one of the things that I read as part of this project, and particularly even the, the previous book, was one of the comments you received from one of the readers was a mother who read the stories. She said, I'm going out and I'm grabbing another copy for my daughter because I really want her to read the stories. You know, there's nothing more powerful than reading a story of someone who's gone before. And I love how you've said, Lisa, that sometimes we need to hear these stories because it plants in us to see that, hey, if it's possible for her it may just be possible for me too and one of the things we heard from some of the authors previously and again we're going to hear from some of the the additional authors in a moment was I didn't think initially that my story was worth sharing and uh, you've probably found through the authors that you've worked through in this project and of course the book is called Rise Above that there were many stories that moved you. I wonder through this project what would be one greatest insight that you've taken away from a culmination of these stories in the situation that we, we, we've just said we found ourselves in now, but what were the greatest takeaways for you? Did you, were there th- something that really stood out for you in the culmination of these authors' stories? Oh, look, I think when you um, get to read them in their entirety, you know, they're all very, very different. But you, you gave me goosebumps before because um, it's that ability to share and on-share to others the thought, the idea and getting people changing lives, I guess that's, you know, that's what gives me the little shiver. You know it makes a difference to people. And so, you know, when you talk about the culmination, it's that striving for and persistence and not giving in, you know, that that clarity of purpose that maybe they didn't have to start off with but they all arrived over a course of time. And I think, you know, when you read that and, and you share that with others, it's so very, very powerful. 
Yeah, well, thank you, Business and Heels, for championing this project and, of course, bringing together an incredible group of, of women who are now going to, to share their stories. So, Annie, perhaps we can start with you. Let me bring you up here and uh, share a little bit about your story. But firstly, what inspired you to say yes to, you know what, I'm going to put together a chapter in this book? Hi, Anne-Marie. Thank you. Thank you for having us all on. It's um, terrifying but great to be here. Um, to share the story, I think I heard a few times last year, you know, you have such a great life, you, you know, you have this, you have that, but there is so much more that goes on behind it and the hard work and the knocks. And I think I wanted to share that so that it's a really balanced uh, view of how you get to where you are you know, there there are successes, there are failures, there are, you know, there's there's all that reflection that you do upon yourself and I really wanted to put that out there and be a little bit vulnerable and show where I came from. Yes. I love that you've mentioned the vulnerability piece because time and time again, uh, some of the things that I've heard uh, and, and even through the other authors that we've had the pleasure of speaking to, that it is the vulnerability and sharing that story that really plants that seed of hope and possibility in the lives of others. And I think when we're talking about any challenges and being able to rise above, there has to be hope there first. Otherwise, it's, it can be almost impossible to kind of imagine your way through that. When you think about that storyline that you wanted to share for, with others, when you look back onto that, you know, hindsight is such a wonderful teacher. I wonder if there were any more additional learnings that maybe you got through just having the ability to write that chapter and reread through your own story were there any insights that you took from your own story I wonder I think it's really cathartic you know the the whole process is and you know I wish I knew the lessons that I know now to my early self so you know there were many times that I look back and went oh you should have told your early self that or if you had taken that road and you know hindsight is a wonderful teacher and if only we all had a crystal ball. But, you know, I think it's one of those where you do get knocked down and people will try and take you down, but you just keep getting back, you know, and it, it would have been, you know, there's a great Looney cartoon which um, I bought for myself and put on my wall many, many years ago, and it's the life you lead and the life you could lead. Yes. You know, there are, you know, it's George Michael, um, you know, you turned a different corner and there are all these different scenarios of what could potentially have happened. And there are all these times where you can just lay down and go, you know, I just quit. This is just too hard. But you don't. You bounce, mm. you put your lipstick on, you pull your big girl pants mm. on and you just get on with it. You know, but I think I think there are so many times when that could have changed. And I guess those are learnings for me. You know, you do just keep getting up and you just keep going. Yes, yes. And one of the things that people will recognise from your story and your chapter, uh, and I'll share a little bit here with the notes that I've got, I mean, you've spent an inconsiderable amount of time in the recruitment space, and I'm sure that, and, and your own businesses as well, you founded Sprout Recruitment. And I'd imagine that in that particular arena, there's been significant change, significant changes with the online and, and all of that. I mean, one of the biggest um I guess, inhibitors, if that's a word that I'll use, to change 
is the fear of the unknown, the, the fear of change in itself for some people, the rising above, maybe stop by not embracing change and going, you know what, I don't know what's on the other end, but I'm going to, to take that first step. What would you just say to someone from the lessons that you've learned through, you know, the industry? And I'd imagine that it's a very, um, very competitive industry as, as well. And mm -hmm. having run your own business, what are some of the lessons that you would share with someone today who may be experiencing significant change in her industry because of what is going on and maybe even in your own business? What are some of those lessons you've I learned? That, I think that women suffer more than men from imposter syndrome. You know, so we tend not to take the opportunities that are there at the time that they are there. You know, I think it's a really important lesson that we take the opportunities and we work it out later. You know, I have to say, you know, I've worked with so many men and that's exactly what they've done. You know, they weren't necessarily capable of doing the job, but they go, I've got this, you know, and then they go into these fantastic roles and they, they work it out as they go, whereas women go, oh, I don't think I'm quite ready for that. I think I need to do that. So, you know, Take the opportunity. If the if it's on the table, take the opportunity. Work it out later. You know, put the imposter syndrome to the back of your mind. You are more than capable of doing these things or else the opportunity would never have arisen. So I think that for me is, you know, for women in my industry, which is still very, very male-dominated, mm. take the opportunity, rise to the top, push your way through and just keep going. Yeah. What I love about what you've just reconfirmed, and I think every single one of us, and I know the authors previously that we've had the honour of um, speaking with, have all uh, shared that at some form of their the stage in their career or life, they've all experienced imposter syndrome. We all have. Men do too. But I love the way that you've said, and I've heard this time and time again, they just do the job. They just get on with it, acting as if or fake it till you make it. There's a couple of ways that we've said that. But one of the things that I would love for you to share a little bit more if you don't mind what I've got a note here that one of your mentors or mentors once told you do you realize that you use humor to cover your emotions mm. and distract people away from the real you if you think back to the moment when he or she actually said that to you I'm sure that must have been was that something that you realized that you did or was that no. quite an insight for you no and it probably still gives me tears now I think I just got a tear but my son would tell you that I cry all the time. Uh, so, no, I actually um, I didn't realise that I did it. I, I look back on it and I do it. I do it a lot. The, f the funny thing about it is my son actually read that piece of the book the other day and said, I've just realised that I do this too. So it's obviously a family failing, but I had no idea, you know, all the way through school, jokester, prankster um life of the party bit of fun blah you know and I have used that humor to deflect from the really tough times mm. um when things were really really miserable and I, I still do it I yeah. still but I think the difference now is that I absolutely 100% know that I'm doing it um and when I slip into that behavior I can monitor where I'm at and then bring myself forward again yeah. Why I ask that, and I'm thank you very much for sharing that, because this may bring an insight to someone who maybe uses humour or so forth to, well, in that instance, you know, maybe deflect a little bit. But I also like to think of it as a way to be able to, I call it changing state, but that it, it gives you an opportunity to perhaps separate yourself and then look, well, I 
I can ha- make a choice. I can. Ch- I'm gonna. I've got a choice to be able to do A or B. You know. And I think in in situations where there is such a challenge, and I'm sure for the last 12 to 14 months, every single one of us has been through a significant challenge. We all have various coping mechanisms. Yours may be humour, but what's really important at that we allow that to be a place of exploration and discovery, mm-hmm. curiosity. What can I learn from this so that we don't get stuck in that cycle? Reflecting back, would you say that that now is you can see that and now you use that as an opportunity to learn, to explore, to be curious? Absolutely. And it's funny, you know, we're talking about um, I, I think you have to be curious, you know, about yourself, about everything. You know, somebody might call you Mrs Mangle. I like to say that I am just a naturally curious person you know, about myself, about other people, um, about life in general. You know, the more you explore, the more you understand yourself, the more you understand others around you. I'm just fascinated by humans. Mm. We are very (laughs) interesting. Some people are more interesting than others. And sometimes, (laughs) but anyway, look, we've loved that. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, do stay on the line, Annie, because towards the end, when we get to the end, we'll do a bit of a round robin and everyone can share one more insight as uh, they leave. So, Kim, let's bring you uh, onto the, the floor here to share a little bit more about what inspired you to share your story. Incredible. Oh, thanks so much, Anne-Marie. Listen, I think part of sharing my story was because over the years, people would say to me, oh, well, if you could get through that, then I can't complain and I need to to push through. I always use you as an example that, you know, um, things aren't as bad as as Kim had it. And I'd go, well, what are you talking about? Um, So it dawned on me that not only had I not, but my family had not really um, confronted or come to terms with the situation that I went through. And it was kind of like, yep, okay, that was a little speed bump in our in our um, our history, and we'll just get on with it. And so there was a little bit of maybe post-traumatic stress. So writing the chapter was very cathartic. Um, and as a matter of fact, when the books arrived last week, um, my husband and son hadn't read the chapter and um, my husband read it and was quite emotional. And he said to my son, you have to read this. And so he read it and he came up to me in tears and said, why did you make me relive that? Um, but it was then we we were able to sit down and talk and, and go through it and say, OK, yeah, we're all OK. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, similarly to what we asked Annie, um, reliving that, or reliving, telling your story allowed you to then to speak, you know, about that to, to loved ones, you know, to your family. And I think for people who may be experiencing something uh, right now because of what's happened in the last, you know, 12 to 14 months, if you think back to when you were sharing or going through those particular circumstances, which, of course, you now write about in your chapter, thinking that now you've been able to, to heal from that, to deal with that, to heal from that, and now be able to talk about that with your husband, with your child, must be incredible because there's lessons through that. Even though it was there's some hardships, some challenges, there are real lessons that you can impart to, to other family, yes? Absolutely. I think, um, I mean, kind of like Annie, you know, I learned that I deal with things with humour. 
And so long as I was joking around and focusing on something else and staying positive, that I didn't have to think about the reality. Um, and since the surgery, um, you know, there'll often be times where we'll make a joke about it, you know, and, you know, the kids will, because my surgeon said, you are now um, officially an airhead because your head has been opened and air got into it. So now you can, you can claim that title. Um, you know, so there'll be times where I'll be saying, oh, you know, I can't remember or, or you know, details about something. And, and, everyone will joke and say, oh yeah, that's because you've got half a brain now. Um, and so we deal with it with humor rather than sitting down and saying, how did each person actually feel and process their emotions going through all that? We've never done that. Yeah. And you know, I think if you speak to people who are involved in, um, you know, situation, of course, let's share a little bit about your, your story, if you will, because people have heard a little bit about what you, but do you want to just reflect, give a the snapshot version of what, what actually happened to you so people can get some context? Sure. Um, long story short, um, I was diagnosed with a menginoma brain tumor. Um, and literally the diagnosis was on a Tuesday and I was having surgery on the Friday or I was at risk of having a major stroke because of what the tumor was doing and how it was growing. Um, it was wrapping itself around major arteries and I, my eyesight had already gone and so they were concerned. Um, and my focus was on not looking up what a menginoma was, not looking up who my surgeon was, not looking up anything about it. I needed to make sure that everybody else was okay, that the kids' schedules were okay for the week, that they were going to be looked after, that, you know, everybody had everything in order. Um, and it wasn't until they were actually wheeling me into surgery that I went, oh, crap, this is happening and I can't stop it. Um, and okay, how, how are we going to deal with this? I'm in the hands of the surgeons, God. Um, and all I know is I'm going to wake up afterwards because I haven't finished with life yet. So I think it was just staying positive and that, that was my coping mechanism was kind of not focus on it. Yeah, I love that. And you mentioned earlier uh, about how in reflection you could see that various members of your family hadn't actually really had the ability to talk about that and and to really express their voice and now, of course, that they have. And what I was going to say was from the number of people that I've had the pleasure of speaking with on many of our podcasts here and some have been business and in heels podcasts as, as well, is that Sometimes when we experience situations and over the last 12 to 40 months, I'm sure everyone has a story, if you don't take a step back and reflect on, you know, what can I learn and grow, we try and sweep it under the carpet and not deal with it or whatever, that can manifest itself, can't it? That can become something and, and become almost like a trigger when another event occurs. So it's so important to be able to take stock and 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 talk about that. Have you found that's been very powerful for, for even the conversations that you've now had with your family? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think one of my biggest learnings from it was afterwards to really um, be mindful, be in the moment. And not, you know, be juggling five things at once um, and really give each person or each situation the attention it deserved. Um, 
And so I think, you know, especially the last year, um, talking to my family about this, but, you know, living through COVID and, and all the challenges that that's had is we kind of go, yep, you know, okay, we got this, we know what we're meant to do. And we just, you know, um, get on with things and be safe, um, check in with each other, make sure everybody's okay. Um, but I guess to a certain extent, you know, the, what I did was I just got on with things um, to the point where the, the morning after the surgery, I was on the phone to the family saying, okay, now it's Saturday and, you know, Sean's got football and this is happening. So, and they're going, woman, you just had major brain surgery. Can you just relax? Um, but I was in that, nope, nope, I need to focus on everybody else. And to a certain extent, Anne-Marie, that really hasn't changed. I still focus on everyone else. And I don't know that I'd want to change that. Um, but what I do now more is I, if somebody needs to talk to me, I put down what I'm doing and I focus on them. Yeah, yeah. Important, and I know that there's some notes here that have, have said that what you have done often is just push through, don't cause a fuss. But what is important is that if there's something that does continue, and I'm sure this is a lesson that you've learned and will impart to others, if there is something particularly to do with your health, go and get it checked out so that you are able to um, address it sooner than later and perhaps not go on Monday and then find yourself on the Friday having to have major surgery. But yeah. what a attitude and approach <laughs> to that because I'm sure that that has been uh, one of the saving graces to get you through that. I certainly can see that um, as well. So thank you, Kim. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Uh, let me see. Heather, let's bring you on and to share a little bit more about your story and what inspired you to contribute your story to this chapter. And maybe if you could unmute yourself, that would be wonderful too. Thank you. <laughs> At the bottom, you should see a little mute button above your microphone. Just click that. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. Um, I should be experienced with this stuff because I, I do Zoom sessions every week, I think, or, you know, several a week. So <laughs> I guess I'm a bit nervous. So That's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you, Anne-Marie, um, for giving us this opportunity. It's very exciting, though nerve-wracking. Um, and, and also thank you to Business in Heels for the whole opportunity that we've had with the book. It's, it's, it's just been amazing. Uh, so, yeah, you asked um, what inspired me to do this. I guess it goes way, way back to when I was in year one in primary school and I had a wonderful teacher called Mrs McDonald who I still remember very, very well. And um, she was she just taught us, um, amazing things in terms of writing and and she said to my mum one day one day I'm going to see your daughter's name on a book and mum told me that obviously <laughs> um, and I've remembered that it's inspired me my whole life I, I I totally accepted that as truth from you know the age of seven or eight years old when she said I was going to be had my name in a book and published um I believed it and I knew that one day that was going to happen and I, I look I have been published I have to say when I was nine years old 
Um, I managed to get published in a, a brownies book and wrote a poem. So <laughs> this is my second time. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, this was this was very exciting, and I decided that I was fifty. Yeah, just over 50, and it was about time that I actually made that happen. Um, yeah, I've always known it was going to happen, but I hadn't actually done it. So when I heard about this opportunity, I thought, okay, this is, for me, the stepping stone. So I've, I've done it now. I can see the book. It's in my hands. I can see my photo in it. It's all It's really exciting, um, and I can take that first step. Um, and now I guess my next step is to keep going and, and write a whole book. <laughs> yeah. What's lo- what's wonderful about contributing contributing a chapter to an entire book that whose title is, you know, Rise Above, you know that you're going to hear stories of uh, how others have overcome challenges and we've heard, uh, you know, the transparency and or vulnerability and, you know, there are things that I'm sure that you've gone through, Heather, in your life, which maybe at the time you think, well, you know, we just get on with business or just get on with it, of course. But really your story and the insights that you share could just be the difference between someone just about to give up to say, you know, from a dream or whatever it may be. They think, well, this is just impossible for me. Read your story and then decide, you know what, well, if Heather can do that, if that's her story and she's been able to do that, then then uh, I'm going to, to try too. You can often plant that seed of uh, hope and possibility. What was the greatest insight or is the greatest insight or aha that you would love people to take away through reading your chapter? Okay, well, there's there's two sides to it. Number one, you have to believe. So if you want something and you want it enough, you have to really believe in it and believe that you can do it. Um, and without that belief, it, it will never happen. So um, we always have people telling us you can't do that. Don't listen to that. Um, it's you can do it if you believe in it. Um, but the second step is that it's as well as believing, we actually have to take the steps to make it happen. So believe and want, um, but then start doing the things that, that lead you to to it, to whatever it is that you want to do. And I mean, my story is 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 just one of my stories, I guess, in my life. And one of the things that I really wanted, um, definitely couldn't afford. Um, but I really wanted to take my children overseas. I wanted them to see their grandfather um, before anything happened to him because he was heading to his late 80s at that stage, Um, and I wanted them to see England because I'd spent time in England when I was a child and and loved it, and I wanted them to experience that too. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I just decided one day that I could do it. I totally believed in it. Everyone thought I was nuts. Um, and and I literally, from the day I believed, I started making it happen, and um, and then and then it did happen. <laughs> we had some crazy moments, but it definitely happened. <laughs> I can read some of those crazy moments, and of course, we're going to encourage people. They are incredible, um, and and you need to buy a copy of the book to be able to hear <laughs> to read them. But one of the ones here that I and I love that what you've just said, absolutely. You know, if you've got a dream, if you've got an idea that you're wanting a goal, you just 
always continue to believe and then take the action steps no matter what what happens, which, of course, you've lived. And the fact that you've contributed and become an author in this um, collaborative is is uh, testament to that as, as well. You know, so often people will be faced with a challenge and it can be that thing that has them go, well, I've tried and I've worked hard at it and, and it just have, has not yet come to fruition. What do you think continues to drive you forward? Has it always been something that is in you or has it been something that has been nurtured in you, you know, nature and nurture? What was that for you? Is it just something that you're born with or just something that you do, that that real striving no matter what, that tenacity? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think I was born with it to a point and I, I guess it is part of my personality. Um, it's, yeah, I... I, I very rarely give up. I mean, if I decide something's going to happen, I'll make it happen and I'll, I'm the last person to pull out of anything. Um, yeah, I'm. That's that is me and it's been me, I guess, since I was a child. But but I also learned to develop it and believe in it, I suppose, as, as I got older. So, um, yeah, I, I learned to... Oh, now I've lost track of what I'm saying. Well, no, no, why I say that that's so important because at the moment there are many uh, businesses, many individuals around the world who are faced with, well, what's next? What What is next? And some of the things are out of their control. Like, for instance, here in Melbourne, we're, we're back into to a lockdown. However, you know, there's, this, there's this, this will, if you will, of saying, well, you know, we've just got to find a different way. What can we change? And I'm sure that there are circumstances and achievements, things that you've been able to achieve were it not for, you know, two or three, five, ten years ago, had you not continued to to make that decision and, and drive forward, you may never have ended up where you are now. But it's because of a sequence of steps. that I'm Absolutely. Just, yeah. There's just no other way. It's a, I, For me, it was, a, you know, I think of a situation where this is either going to make me or break me and making me is not an option. You know, uh, breaking me is not an option. So, uh, you know, it sounds like you've really got an attitude of that too. I don't have the answers, yeah. but I know that I'm going to keep moving forward because this is really what I want to achieve. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I, like I said, early on um, I, I did have that belief, but um, when things started to happen, it still surprised me that, oh, wow, like that did happen, what I really wanted to happen and, and, wow, I can do that. And the more those little things started to happen, the more I had the belief that I could make things happen. I mean, you know, we can't control everything. Um, you can't, you know, you can't have everything your own way. But, if again, if you really want something and, and it's a good thing and the right thing and um, you believe in it enough, then I think anyone can make things happen. So it's just finding that belief and that belief in themselves, which a lot of people don't have. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And we need lots of that moving forward for sure. All right, Di, let's speak to you about your chapter. What inspired you uh, to uh, to contribute? And we'll just get you to pop yourself on mute, yep. off mute so yep. we can hear you. Di. Um, probably two things with me. Um, I think it was more the, the struggles I'd been through with the business and personally and personal loss and things like that. Um, it ended up 
you know, I, I went through a stage or I'm still in that stage, I guess, that I always say I'm going to enjoy the little things in life you know, not make a big deal and I'm going to enjoy it. And so what I was doing on putting things on social media, go out for dinner, go and do this, go and do the park, you know, just anything that was a bit fun that wasn't, you know, hours at the desk, you know, on the phone and on the computer and all that, just doing stuff for myself and my husband and it was like the hashtag um, enjoy the little things yes. in life. And, um, and I started copying some criticism for it and it was just, Oh, you're always out. Oh, oh. And it was just this jealousy kind of, oh, you're always out. You're, I said to him, this is just what I choose to post on social media. I chose to po post positive. I don't, but I said, but if you can, if you want me to post that, hey, here's another photo of my desk where I've been 17 hours today. Here's another photo of me and all the emails and my piles of um, stuff that I'm doing. Oh, I'm happy to post that too, but I'd rather not. So I think it was more putting the story out there to go, hey, that that's social media, you know, that's that, that's what I choose to put up there. That's not real life. And, you know, everybody's going through their struggles and everybody's got their own story. Um, but it was actually, I, I never thought about a book and it was, I, I had a new business mentor um, that I brought in and my accountant um, then started this uh, mentoring coaching. Um, and one day I went into one of the sessions and he said to me, I think you need to write a book. I think you need to write a book. And I went, um, no. No, I don't, I don't think we do. Um, and he said, no, I think that's your next thing. You need to do this. I went, oh, okay, good. Radio. And just left it at that. And I yeah. think it was about 24 hours later, the email came through from Business and Heels. And it was an opportunity to contribute. And I just went, hang on, there's something saying here. You know, I'm a, I'm a believer in signs and, you know, universe and things like that. So I just went, um, I'll send off an inquiry. And that's yeah. how it all just it all came together from there. And and also it was I've told my story to a few people over the years and, you know, they've been, oh, how have you done that? And you're still here and you're still in business and you're still, and I'm like, yeah, because I just pushed through and I thought, you know what, if I can help one person, then, you know, that's been worth it. If I can help yeah. one, one woman out there wanting to start a business that just, you know, staring bankruptcy in the face after a month in business, you know, that kind of thing, if I can help one person through that, you know, it's not all bad. It, you know, I'm still here. If I can help one person, then it made it all worth it. But that was the inspiration behind it. Oh, I love that. And thank you for sharing that because, you know, so often people don't, well, either they don't think, well, who would end, who would be interested in hearing about my yeah. story or yeah. because of what's happened there, there is that second layer of emotion, isn't it? Kind of, mm. um, well, the shame or what if what people are judging me, which is this absolute ridiculous anyway. Yeah really can be that hope and possibility for others. Now, what I love about um, one of the notes here about your story here is that I've got embolded, never did follow the rules. <laughs> now, I like people who don't follow rules and I have a rule that rules, stupid rules are meant to be broken. Yeah. Um, and so share a little bit about that because sometimes, and especially when we find ourselves in challenging situations, doing yeah. things the same way that we've, we've known over and over again, mm. sometimes we just need to think outside of the box because, yeah. you know, so share a little bit about well, what are some of the situations or circumstances that you did not follow the rules and that you really did find yourself um you know, even with insights that you've learned and, and in places that you would never, it would never have been possible, were yeah. you following the same old, same old? Yeah. Um, I think it was more with, in regards to the business, it was uh, the following of the rules was I didn't want to follow the standard real estate business. I didn't want to follow the standard real estate model. I didn't want to, um, 
I didn't want to be just that one that just, you know, nine to five, manage properties, go home. Not that a lot of, I'm sorry, I'm going to correct that. Property managers don't go home nine to five. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. We are pretty much switched on to our emails all the time. But I didn't want to be the traditional real estate model that you just did, rentals, sales, and that was it. There was no looking outside the box in that regard. So it was just more I looked I, I looked at things and opportunities came to me because I'm very service orientated that I just, my focus is just to help people. Um, and that's really what I want to do. Um, and people were coming to me with opportunities to say, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? One of them was an Airbnb. Can you manage my Airbnb for me? I went, hmm, I haven't done it before, but yeah, sure, why not? So it was more that I broke the rule of the traditional model because people were managing their own Airbnbs. And so I broke the traditional model of um, that. I, I had a look and there was not a lot of people doing it. There's a few more people now, real estate and property managers doing it now, but it was more you I chopped and changed across to yes. what suited the client. And it wasn't necessarily about me. It was about what suited the client, what they wanted. So it wasn't following the traditional rule in that respect. Um, but I think it was also things like, you know, um, I guess in my personal life, it was like there was always the rules were set down. I'm like, mm, you know, I'm not going to do that. No, I, I think I'm I'm going to get up. I've never left home before. I've never travelled. I've never done anything. But I'm just going to up myself up and move to the other side of the country um, because yeah. that seemed like a good idea, you know. So, And then I ended up in the other side of the country and then I ended up in another state and I did five interstate moves in how many years in eight years or something like that I did five interstate moves um because I couldn't settle I couldn't find my groove I couldn't you know find where I needed to be and it, it was back home in Melbourne but um but it was not following the rules that people say oh you you need to get a job and you need to do this and you need to do that and that's what I kept getting told no 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 I'm gonna go out there and I'm I'm gonna go and buy that business I lost my job and I went I'm actually going to go and I think I, that business is for sales. I'm going to go and see what I can do about that. And it just wasn't following the general pattern that I kept getting told that I had to follow, if that yeah. makes sense. What I love about yeah. that, and it reminds me of one of my mentors once saying, you know, how you do life often in one area of your life mm. is often a reflection of how you approach things in other areas of your life, you know, how you mm. handle time, money, that kind of thing. Mm. And so I love that you've reflected how you approached real estate is how you mm. approached other areas of your life too. You know, and so often that can be your MO, your modus operandi, yeah. which can also be some of the ways that you address challenges. So I wonder if you were to leave one insight with someone who maybe have worked really hard over the years to build their business, yet because of something that's happened, they now find themselves, you know, at the brink of bankruptcy or maybe experiencing that. I mean, you've lived through that um, yourself what would be one thing that you would share with him or her that uh that really can help them pull through and say you know what this isn't the end this is mm -hmm. just a stepping stone for you yep. but these are the things that i want to remind you of as you're moving forward from this yep. um trust yourself um trust yourself 100 percent. If, you, if you've got the you know you want to get into doing this and, and even if you don't follow the rules you know 100 percent you know, follow the rules that you need to follow, but if you don't follow them 100%, but trust your gut, trust yourself, because what happened with me was I trusted the wrong people. Um, I trusted the wrong people with um, advice. Um, I went the wrong way. I went, oh, I think I need to go this way. And 
you know, it was, and, and sorry, if I can just take one little step backwards with the not following the rules also, the traditional model was I moved my business to a home office five years ago. Um, whereas that wasn't, that's not the traditional model. Traditional models of real estate is to have shop fronts and rental lists and buyers lists and everything. But because I was facing financial issues, I had to shut my office um, because I looked at it and went, the only reason people were coming in were tradies for keys. I'm paying all this money. Everybody's looking for property online, rental sales, everything. So I've got to go to online and I got smashed down. I got criticized, stupid girl, everything like that. And I went, you know what? I'm going to go against the grain. I'm not going to follow those rules. So I do that. And I trusted my gut. And that was one point where I stopped trusting other people. I trusted my gut and I did it. It's the best thing I've ever done. My business has doubled. I've got double staff. You know, it was probably the best thing I could have done. Um, but also the other piece of advice, which is behind me here, is that was my other one, is yeah. the greatest pleasure in life is doing what people say you cannot do. Yeah, I know. That's my motto now behind me. So many more people are working from home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Saying, you know, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, and you are ahead of your game in, in doing yeah. that. But I, what I love about what you've done, and I think it's such a great reminder for all of us, is that do it anyway despite what other people think and yep. say. Yep, pretty much. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Di, thank you so very much for, for sharing your insight and your story there. I'm going to bring everybody um, back on and uh, I really enjoyed speaking to, to all of you. But maybe we'll go th again around to each of you, starting with you, Lisa. What would be one final insight that you would share? And then, of course, what I'd love you to do, Lisa, is to share how people can grab a copy of the book, where to go, all of that good stuff too. But first, what's the last insight you'd want to leave with people? Uh, that you can do it. Whatever you, whatever you're dreaming of, have a go. Just have a go, and you know. And if you need a bit more motivation, read some of these chapters. Yes. And how can they get a copy of the book? And not just one copy, but a number of copies, so that you can send that to your girlfriend, to your business partner, uh, and people that you know can certainly benefit. What's the best way, Lisa, for them to to get a copy, a couple of copies? Yeah, a couple of coffee, copies for sure. So www.businessandheels.com and you'll see it on the website. So come Man. on down. Good, good, good. Actually, has any of you ladies, if you haven't, that's okay, got a copy of the book to hold up because sometimes it's good to be able to see a copy of the cover. Thank you. Snap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Annie, uh, what would be one last insight that you would love to share with people today? Have fun, enjoy yourself, work hard, and as my mother taught me, be as happy to do the work as you are to receive the paycheck. Yes, so good, so good. Heather, what about you? What's one last insight? And unmute. I've done it again. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, yeah, believe and take the steps um, to do what you want to do. Um, and also the other message, I guess, in my story is one of, as a, a mother in business and yeah it's it's very very hard but at the same time don't expect to be super mum <laughs> and um and just yeah just have fun with your kids and you'll get through your business and um and like I said just just believe yeah Fun is so important, so important. It's actually one of my core values, so I'm 120% behind that. Kim what about with you what's one last insight? Um, I think life is short and you don't realize that until you're given a second chance. Um, and like a few of the others have said, I enjoy 
the little things in life, you know, going out for a walk and looking at flowers and smelling the fresh cut grass and and really savoring those moments. And I think instead of rushing through life, we've got to slow it down and just enjoy every moment, every obstacle, every joy um, and and look at is at it all as a growing opportunity. I so agree with that. And I think uh, the simplest in things, simplest things in life, like going for a drive past 25 kilometres to the beach or the bush <laughs> and just looking at a field, you know, is so. But it, what it reminds us is that how often we take the smallest things for granted, yet they are the most important things to us. So that's right. Never take one day for granted. Uh, I love that. Di, what about you? What would be one last insight you'd like to leave with people today? Um, I think it's just what I what I said because I just believe it. A couple of little things that I said, like the enjoy the little things in life that I've learned that it's not just, you know, busting my gut at the, at the desk 17, 18 hours a day. Um, enjoy the little things. Enjoy, um, but also, yeah, trust and believe. You know, that gut, we've all got it. When you've got a bad gut feeling about something, you know, just trust believe in believe in that yep yeah love that well thank you ladies you're all an incredible inspiration thank you for saying yes to yourselves and sharing your chapter i know that this book is going to make such a difference in the lives of many many people so thank you once again thank you thank you really appreciate it 